genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one dead body at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I was having a good day. I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> and, uh, sorry? <laughs> <laughs> well, damn, we barely started. Yeah, I know. Um, today we're talking about Minute 151, which starts with uh, Pippin yelling, where is Gandalf, amidst the uh, chaos. Um, and ends with uh, people running past a uh, body amidst some rubble. Yep. The the city is retreating. Yes. As, as Gandalf informs us, as he orders. Yes. As he orders them to do. I think that's a really effective use of, um, like, describing what's happening to the audience um, in the form of, like, Gandalf ordering people because like you know he's he needs to inform the characters who are actually in the story as well as us yeah so that's a really good use of um exposition Gandalf of general Gandalf yeah where is Gandalf tell me where is Gandalf for I much desire to speak speak with with him him. (laughs) yeah just Pippin wandering around um they one of the things I like about this scene, and they they point it out in the they point out in the commentary, but it's one of the things I just like about it in general anyway, is that the Gondorian soldiers, their armor is so shiny that it looks so good in firelight. Mm. All the lo- all the little bits of of light hitting them as they're retreating, running around in the city here. You'll notice too that this scene gets significantly lighter across this minute. Yes, like the the lighting starts yeah it significantly changes just across the 60 seconds of film i think it's just you know editing different footage together yeah shot on different days um when we had been uh well the last we joined um this battle the last we saw this battle were the orcs flinging flammable um projectiles yet or is that new Oh, like that rolling ball of fire? Yeah, like that's like pretty new. I all think. of like when we get the the shot, the CG shot with the little—is that a miniature or is it all CG? Of the city? Yes. When it um like, it's a yeah the overhead shot. Yeah, I I think it's uh it's a it's a blend. I think. Okay. They they talk about having multiple miniatures with progressive amounts of damage. Okay. To to be able to do show some of this, yeah. also re uh, reuse set pieces from Helm's Deep, uh, parts of back stairways that headed towards the glistening caves, parts of the keep were stuff that they recycled and reused mm-hmm. in the set here. That's cool. Yeah, I can't tell where it is. They don't really point it out. They're just oh, we reuse some of that stuff in these scenes. Yeah. I, I I don't know what. Uh, there's an orc that straight up looks like Darth Maul. Yes, like fifty one seconds in. Which I would not have noticed unless you pointed out, I think. Yep. No, he just straight up looks like Darth Maul. Oh, he's he, missing he his just, horns. He just, like, bites somebody, dude. He just bites a dude on the neck. I um, I think he has horns. Does he have horns? He doesn't have horns. He doesn't have the crown of horns that, like, Darth Maul oh, does. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was but mistaking just... his pointy ears. Because Darth Maul doesn't have pointy ears. 
No, he's got like normal ears. Yeah. But then he has like six or eight horns around his head. Yes. I don't remember what his race is called for the life of me. I... You know what? I haven't seen Phantom Menace um, since I was like 11, maybe. Yeah. I haven't rewatched it hardly ever. I think that movie is a lot better than most people remember it being. I mean, I was in the right demographic for it when it came out. Because when yeah. did it come out? Like 97? 99? 99, I think. I think it's ninety nine oh one oh three for the prequels. No. The no, third... there's there's more time between. Yeah, the third the third one came out when, when I was in high school. Yeah, maybe it's nine. It's like ninety one oh two oh five. Ninety one. Ninety nine oh two oh five. I'm pretty sure it's ninety seven. I don't know. Ninety seven was the the oh the re release the re release yes. yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah, this orc just straight up looks like Darth Maul, like to the point where we I almost... always end up talking about Star Wars. I can't help it here. This I wonder if this orc is supposed to be a reference. They don't call him out. No one talks about him. Yeah. I wonder if it's just supposed to be like a hidden little reference thing. I don't know. Is that? Do you think it's um like face paint, or does do you think it's actually his skin? It is. It it goes by pretty fast, but it looks like it's his skin. Yeah. It looks like modeled skin. Yeah, you're right. Because you would think face paint would be more stylized and not yeah. on his ears, right? Right. Yeah. It's his whole head, the back of his head, everything. Yeah. Weird. It's so bizarre Yeah, to he me. looks like Darth Maul and a goblin had a baby. Yeah. It's real weird. <laughs> I don't know. If, like, it could be a holdover from older orc designs. Because there's a lot of the orcs that are just kind of bald that have the really long pointed ears. Yeah. But don't don't particularly look like monstrous across this minute and a little bit of the siege in general and less of the the lumbering like lumpy orcs yeah uh just across this scene but maybe that probably had to do with a bunch of stuff but it's just one of the things i notice about this 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 bit mm -hmm. we see gothmog telling someone to tell take the city kill anyone in yeah. their path yeah do whatever you gotta do the city's ours now but yeah i think this this builds tension appropriately, I think, through this battle, leading to leading to a wonderful moment uh, at the end of ne end of the week, end of the beginning of next week. But I was going to ask if you thought this was the bleakest minute in the movie, but I then I remembered um, the the build up to um, the suicide charge at um, Osgiliath. So then I was like, nope, that answers that question already. <laughs> yeah, that's the. I think it's it's hard. I think it's hard because I think tonally this is bleaker, mm. but I think uh when you when you pick apart that march to the to the gate and then the suicide charge it 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 reveals itself to be um I think that's darker in a way that's not necessarily bleak. It's just twisted. Th this is because that's that's like fruitless heroics, like mm -hmm. fruitless martyrdom being wrapped up into something. Yeah. It's not exact. It's not really like I, bleak. Um, it's just twisted. It's I have just a, I have wrong. A, a, like a, not a counter per se, but um, a supplementary opinion. Mm. Um, I think that is tonally bleak, while this is like content bleak. Mm. We see a dead body, dude, like straight yeah. up. I think visually, I think this is the bleakest 
the the bleakest thing in the movie. Okay. Um, emotionally, I think that the Faramir, like the charge out to us, Gileath, hits a little harder because I think we we just by nature of the way movies are put together, we care about like named relatively foreground characters more than people in the background running around. Yeah. So I think there's like that emotional connection, I think hits harder the same way that I think, um, uh, Thaden going down later hits harder than this in a certain as well. Mm -hmm. But I think that like visually and like what's going on, this is the darkest hour of Gondor just like inside the city itself. Yeah. And I think that comes across pretty good. Like there's so many sounds of chaos. There's all this fire everywhere. Yeah. Calls of retreat. Gandalf kind of sounds like he's at the end of his rope here. Mm -hmm. It all it all kind of builds into this. This is the darkest hour of Minas Tirith. Yeah. Uh, and the the lighting thing. I think that this this moment is supposed to this minute takes place across like the couple of like hours just hours? before and then into dawn because of the how many orcs you see just like running around in the city and stuff. Uh huh. And they are only coming in through one opening. That's true. Yeah, because we are getting close to, um, spoilers, the, the Rohirrim arriving. Yeah, the Rohirrim show up at dawn. Yeah. Yeah. This is clearly not dawn. This is after dawn. Right, but I think it's that that's what it's supposed to feel like, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, movie brightness levels. But, yeah, I know, but like, come on, man. Because they want to be, they want to show you the violence. Does that mean, okay, <laughs> but how is, how does that track, though? Because, like, um, Pippin is running to find Gandalf because... He's got little legs. It takes him a while fair, to get down to the first level. Right. But when when we see him at the beginning, um, it's like full darkness. Mm -hmm. It's like middle of the night. How long is he searching for Gandalf? Like, how long does it take them to build the pyre? I mean, I'm sure they're dragging their butts. That's true. We're looking for wood, sire. It just... It just um, the fact that this is supposed... This minute, this, this single minute is supposed to... Um, be a terrible montage of like maybe let's say an hour even right um that's a long time yes that's a long time to i denethor doesn't have that patience denethor is not a patient man no he's not. i would not use um i would use a lot of adjectives before describing him as patient but that's what the the lighting kind of tries to tell you yeah which is um again timeline confusing but there's there's one scene this week that uh muddies it more in the extended but in the theatrical to my understanding isn't there after the the which has to do with the witch king oh right but uh and that muddies it more because that happens in in, in like full daylight. in like fuller light yeah uh with pippin and gandalf so i don't know what's going on with that but without that i think the timeline uh feels tighter and doesn't muddy itself doesn't doesn't eat on eat itself more. <laughs> yeah. Trying to I mean trying to make sense. I guess we'll talk about it when it happens. Um yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it when it happens. I was gonna say something else, but I was just like, no, just keep it. <laughs> yeah. Just just hold that. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I I think that this minute's really effective. Like these couple of minutes really yeah. are are effective at um really selling that this is this is the last moments of Minas Tirith. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, it doesn't come to pass, but because the movie's not over, there's still like a hundred minutes left. Yeah. But, huzzah! I appreciate that this movie is um, PG thirteen because, like, I feel like if they had just gone like 
full bore into like we're doing a a, a rated R um fantasy epic. Right. Um not necessarily for like sexual content, but like violence. Yeah. Um I feel like this scene would be like um reveling in that, you know? Like so we would see like the orcs stabbing people like yeah. right like you know instead of just like chaos and running through the streets and like um them running into buildings that are already empty right and i feel like we would see a lot more um of the uh civilians um suffering so i like that it is pg-13 because they don't do that because right. we get enough of a hint of it in yeah, this scene. Yeah. Because this is I mean, that's one of the things that really separates this from Helm's Deep, right? Is in Helm's Deep, like the citizens of Edoras are there, but they are separated from the battle. Yeah. Uh they're they're threatened, but they're not uh but not uh directly in the same way. Yeah. Because we we see a a dead person at the end of this minute, like laying in some rubble. Yeah. Uh and women and children fleeing for their lives while soldiers are also, are also like trying running to around yeah. them yeah and orcs running through them and just like there's a little bit of attacking civilians and like trying to get them yeah so but you know what i mean though like yeah there'd be there'd be a lot more shots like uh, like, like darth maul biting that guy's neck yeah dude if this <laughs> was like um would see like swords going into people I, yes i hesitate to say like game of thrones but like you know yeah. The tone that Game of Thrones was going for as opposed to like this. Yeah. I appreciate that this is PG thirteen. I think like I think you I think you could make make movies like you could adapt these stories and wind up with uh with R rated movies depending on how you portray the violence. But, like, but I don't think that that's I don't that think that works with the spirit of what's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Like the the the, the um the glorification of violence um isn't like a theme in in this work no the um we talked about that a whole lot last movie right in this movie i think it's a little more muddled because of the nature of um this battle mm. and the well this battle um Bellinor fields like at the gate yeah um so it's it's much more um triumphant you know right i mean so the this this battle is framed as more necessary than the battle of helms deep right yeah so and it's framed as something that the good guys have to do have to endure whereas helms deep yeah. was framed as something that never should have happened in the first place mm -hmm. so i think that that's a big difference between them theme wise i guess yeah and that that lends to the way that the fighting is yeah all the all the the victory in these this movie feels more um triumphant and less um not hollow but like... not hollow well like because the fight in helm's deep i think that the way the battle ends makes it feel more um it's more fraught yeah i mean it's it's still triumphant yeah but not in the same way it's it doesn't it's yeah. not as high of a high yeah like it's still it's a, a we survived rather than we won yeah yeah so they did win but they did win but it, it feels more <laughs> like a we survived yeah um but a lot of that has to do with the tone of theoden as a character that's true 
and the way the whole battle was kind of set up. Yeah. Like there's a little bit of the siege kind of thing going on here. Um, but they shied away from trying to make it feel too similar so we don't get anywhere near the number of shots. Right. Of of people just waiting. Yeah. Of the army coming in. Yeah, I um and I, I like that. I like that this happens in stages. Yeah. As opposed to like because with Helm's Deep it's just like, okay, we're gonna wait and the the suspense is going to um the spe- the suspense is gonna kill us before the actual fighting starts. Right. Um but yeah, I know I like that the uh the battles in this movie are paced well and they like it happens in stages. I think it's effective. Right. Because I mean there's there's way more fighting in this movie total. Yes. yes. <laughs> way more. Between us Gilead and the gates and the siege and then what happens outside at the end of this at the end of this week leading next week. Right. And then when the Mumakil show up and then when this is over uh-huh. and then the battle in front of the Black Gate. Yeah. Like there's just so much more fighting in this movie. Yeah. Sam. Sam. <laughs> Like there's just so much more battle. Yeah. Um. That and and it to their credit, they all pretty they all feel pretty distinct. I think the one that feels the least least distinct from any other conflict is the fighting outside of the Black Gates. In my opinion, is it just it? We'll it's 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 not like protracted. It's not it's not expanded upon at all. It's just the fighting starts and then we kind of do our own thing. Yeah. With the rest of the narrative, I um. <sighs> Um, but we'll, we'll yeah get we'll get to it but yeah i think that that's it i think really for yeah. notes for this minute yeah I, I yeah i think you're right i think it sets it does a good job of um setting the the tone but also like the scope of this battle um just the the like yeah just the chaos yeah I mean, one of the one of the best things, I guess, about battles in these movies in general is it never feels like it never feels like the narrative loses track of what the stakes of the battle you're in are. Mm. They always they always feel they always kind of still feel in the foreground, like you know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that does us for today. Yeah. What a what a what a Monday. <laughs> You know, the, it's weird because like the a lot of the the grimmest stuff just seems to happen on Monday, which sucks. Yeah, start your week with some some death. <laughs> but anyway, we're from the website duelinggenre.com. Um, check us out there if you haven't already. Check out some of the other wonderful podcasts there. And if you are interested in supporting us, aside from listening to us every day, thank you very much. Um, you can uh go to our patreon which you can access from the website duelinggenre.com slash support for as little as does a dollar a month um you get access to uh at least one podcast um and you help us keep the lights on as it were so thank you for all of you who do that you keep these beacons lit oh that's good that's good become afraid Uh, Um, and yeah, thank you, thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about Return of the King. Bye. Bye.